This podcast is brought to you by Onnit. Go to Onnit.com and look at the great selection of supplements. If you find something you like, press in code Joey and get 10% off delivered right to your house. All right, you bad motherfuckers, what's happening? It's Monday, the 24th of October. The joint is brought to you by Stamps.com. Listen, if you haven't started prepping for the chaos of holiday mailing and shipping, you already fell behind the fucking bag. Stamps.com is everything you need to make your life easier. It's virtual, 24-7 post office. No lines, no stinky people, no traffic, no hassle, no COVID. How easy is stamps.com? Fucking tremendous. You get you they send you a package, you get a little scale. When it's time to mail something, you weigh it, you put your fucking label on it, and you put in the post, you put in the mailbox with the little arrow up in the air. It's gone. Stamp.com give you access to post office and UPS shipping services right from your computer. Save up to 30% off USPS rates and over 86% off UPS. All you need is your regular computer and printer. No special supplies or equipment. Be up and running in minutes. My wife and I love it, guys. Take a chance, it's the holidays. It's cheap, you're gonna save money and you can print your own postage from any letter, package, anywhere, anytime. So get ahead of the holiday chaos whether you got a big business, small business, or a big family. Get started with stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code Joey for a special offer that includes a four week trial, free postage, and a free digital scale. <clears throat> no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code Joey. The joint is also brought to you by CBDLion.com, you bad motherfuckers. CBD Lion is back for the holidays. Let me tell you something. I put that cream on. I use it as a moisturizer. It is tremendous. I've been taking the tablets Tremendous, like the ABX tablets, except you don't see the devil. The gummies are still popping. The kinesiology tape is still popping, and you're sitting there with sore knees or a sore shoulder. You can't sleep. Your anxiety is getting the best of you. Go to CBD Line and read the third-party lab results and get back to me, Jack. CBD Line or put a hem in your skirt. Just go to CBD Lion, and before you check out, press and code Joey, or Joint, or Church, and we're going to hit you with 20% off. And their little uh, Delta 8 gummies, you'll see the devil and his cousin. Go to CBDLion.com, press and code Joey, Joint, or Church, and get 20% off. Now, it's time to get the motherfucking party started, Jack.
What's happening, you bad motherfuckers? It's Monday the 24th of October, the last week. We're going, this is it. This is the last fucking hurdle. If you didn't get your costume yet, go fuck yourself. You're not going to fucking, you're not going to get invited to the party. It's funny. I, I, I don't know. I've, the last time I dressed up for Halloween was, I was 19. I took a quaalude and I passed the fuck out. Thank God I'd have to go out with that stupid suit on. I've never been a big guy. I dressed up as an abortion. I put a sheet on with a fucking hanger around my head. And I took a quaalude and the Minnesota Vikings were playing that night. And me and my buddy said we're going to watch the first quarter. And I woke up like at 2 in the morning with a fucking uh, a hanger around my head, like bent. I could have taken my fucking eye out. And I looked at the costume and I was like, you know what? Thank God I didn't go up to fucking Aspen looking like a fucking monkey <clears throat> with a, a stupid fucking costume on. But people invite, somebody invited me to a country club party and they were like, you have to dress up. I said, listen, if I go, I'll go as like a gay Zaro or fucking Bruce Lee and Kato. All you're going to get is the little shield from Uncle Joey. If I can find like a fucking t-shirt, maybe I'll wear it. But I've never been a big fan of dressing up. As a kid, I dressed up a but but by three in the afternoon, the costume's off. Remember those costumes that would light on fire? They were like fucking asbestos. They came Batman, Superman, the Hulk and shit. But if your mother was smoking a cigarette next to you, you shot down in flames, cocksucker. And it's true. Those things would light. I remember lighting a firecracker with some kids in Harlem one time. And he had like some fucking Halloween costume on in the summer. I don't know if they had money or not. They just said, put the Halloween costume on. We're going to get your jeans on fucking Wednesday. And he fucking lit a firecracker. And you know those little sparks that come out when you light it? Like he was bent over. It caught on one of his fucking little things. I must have I must have been six or seven. I was a fucking idiot. But I'm not a big fucking Halloween guy. That's the point anyway. Thank you for last week's, uh, you know, a lot of people gave me grief about the Kanye thing. But that's how I feel. I, I can't fucking destroy a guy that's half retarded, and, and especially what he's been through. And I appreciate you guys, uh, the comments, especially with Esther Koo, my friend. I mean, she's a fucking brilliant chick. Esther Lee. Esther Koo is the comedian. I'm sorry. <coughs> Koo Lee. What the fuck? They both fucking fly through the air. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway. Uh, she's a smart girl. You know, I went over to check out her operation with my wife and her best friend from college. We went up to Arthur Avenue and got some great lunch with her. And I've known her for about a year. And you guys know me. Anybody who's fucking that smart, I try to get close to because she's got some great fucking ideas. And now that I'm getting a little longer in the tooth, I wouldn't mind helping her out. And my friend Christine with, you know, fucking CBD with uh, the little thing, with the little string, you put it in your little monkey and it refreshes your monkey. This shit is all a good idea. But I thought about it after she left. Somebody's got to create something for us pretty fucking soon. Something for us to put in our little dick tube and just leave it in there and it gets... Yeah, so, dog, it don't hurt. Sometimes I get a little Q-tip. When I was young, I get a Q-tip just to make sure the fucking pipe was clean. You know what I'm saying? You don't know if you got a garbanzo bean stuck in there. Somebody's eating garbanzos and it don't process it. Anyway... It's a joke, guys, but uh, it's true. I, I remember years ago, a great comic had a like a long bit about fucking going shopping and there's nothing for men's balls, nothing. Oh, it was a chick. Her name was Kathy Sorbo out of fucking Seattle. Fucking funny chick, MTV chick. I haven't seen her in 30 fucking years. But uh, it's been a good week, guys. I'm feeling good. I, I got to go for a big time physical tomorrow. Am I scared? 
I'm going to go down, you know, because they hit you. You walk in at 830, they make you change. They send you a fucking schedule, and then they blast you with some blood. I got my ear pods hooked up to the phone. I got my little ACDC album. No Santana anymore. I had to move on from Santana when my iPod, my iPod blew up, so. And then from there, you go in and they do the fucking, uh, the shit they put in your arm, you know, to get fluids in there. And they and I'm not going to eat nothing. So for starters, I got to drive for an hour on an empty fucking stomach on a Monday mo- on a Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. By the time I get there, I'm going to want to stab a motherfucker and you can't drink coffee. If it was a regular physical, I could drink at least a cup of coffee with no sweetener in it mm-hmm. just to get the party started to avoid the fucking uh, headache. But... Uh, you got to do it raw. So I think I'm going to go down. In bet- Once they put that shit in my fucking vein to get the flu, I forget what they call it. They always IV. do it. The IV. They always do it in my knuckle. And I fucking go down all the time because they always come back. We miss the vein. God damn it. <laughs> and that's a nightmare for me. So with nothing in my stomach. But you know what, guys? I got to do this. I got to do this for... Uh, I'm not feeling well. Something's not right. I know that I have the fungi toenail. And it's just it's just a chunk of fucking brick of fucking fungi now. Like I don't even need the fucking silly mushroom gummies. I could just fucking inhale. One. I mean, I'm I'm at that point. They're giving off a funny smell, and we looked it up. I talked to a doctor friend of mine. And he was saying that if the fungus has nowhere to go, it becomes like a yeast, and it affects everything in your body. Like this cut, like my fucking you know who knows who knows. I'm shitting. I'm pissing okay, you know what I'm saying? I just got a bad cough, and uh, I haven't been able to shake it. But you know what? We're sleeping, we're resting, I'm not out on the fucking road, and I'm at home with the family. I was supposed to go to my reunion Saturday night. I had a couple options Saturday night. I could have gone to my reunion and then shot over to the Sony Theater and watched Michael Schenkner. But I really thought about the reunion. I'm going to tell you what happened, guys. Not only was I supposed to go to a reunion, but I was supposed to have the acknowledgement for the book this week. So Monday I sat down. I didn't know what an acknowledgement really fucking was. You know, my wife said, just look at all your favorite books and figure it out. I called TJ and just asked him, TJ, I don't know what to do with an acknowledgement. He said, listen, first off, thank your family, a paragraph, and then thank do the comedy and then do, you know, your hometown and then thank the girl that wrote the book with you. And I was like, that sounds perfect. Four fucking paragraphs. You know, the, the, uh, acknowledgement to my wife was very easy. You know, I just wrote the truth. You know, that was a fucking nowhere guy and she took me in and here we are today. And then I, I wrote about, uh, comedy. You know, I, I thanked Richard Pryor for opening up my mind and Andrew for getting me off my ass and Mitzi Shaw and Paul Mooney and Joe and Ari and Duncan, you know, just my comedy buddies that, you know, when you're a comedian or at any art, you have those four people and you could bounce shit off. Uh, th- that's very important when you're a comic. That's why the open mic program, the, the phase is so important because you build bonds, and then it's like, Mike, I got a gig. I'm going to get 100 bucks, but if you drive, I'll give you 50. You know, and this is when you're poor. When you're poor and you're giving away 50 fucking bucks, you're helping, and it all comes back to you later on. Somebody will call you with a $100 gig, and you're like, see, when you're a good person, it all max. But all that aside, like Josh Wolf, somebody like Josh Wolf, 
I've been friends with that motherfucker since forever. You know, I had to put him in the book. Uh, but the hardest and the most, uh, the thing that opened up my eyes about my life, thinking about the reunion was when I wanted to thank the people. I thanked the people from Union City, you know, for uh, showing me my culture as a child. It was a big Cuban community. And then I thanked North Bergen. And that was tough because I had to open up with, like, you know, uh, the Benders. And I took it to the Runnies. But in reality, like, the Benders and the Runnies were my people. I loved them till the end of time. I was in so many other houses growing up. And I'm learning from different people. The Villanos, the Ascalises, the, the Veneries. You know, there was just so many families. And... I got sad for a couple of minutes. I was like, Jesus Christ, these people are gone. Like all these families, like the DiLorenzos, they're gone. The parents are gone. Like I'll never see these people again. And I was listening to music <clears throat> while I was writing it. And it was going through the whole loop, you know, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, fucking Judas Priest. Uh, it just was going through the loop and it came down to like the disco version. I was sitting there for so long and a disco song came on, and it was from, you know, the 80s, the early 80s, and it just brought me back to that for like 10 fucking minutes. It just took me there, like transported me there. I got happy, I got sad, I thought about the people aren't around no more, and, you know, growing up, guys, I gotta be honest with you, very honest with you, whatever, whether you read the book or my earlier podcasts and stuff, yes, I fucking suffered as a child without a family, but I got to tell you something. What I had, most people will never fucking know. Like, I didn't have a family, and I got one now, and it's okay. But back then, it started like in, like I was, you know, I was struggling. My friends were keeping me alive when I was 17 and 16. By the time I got to like 18, I was never doing better, but just the involvement, the full day involvement with them, I wouldn't even think of my mother and father till the end of the fucking day when I laid down and, and I would cry a little bit or whatever the fuck. But what I had as friends at that time, like my little crew, Fernie, Roger, Glenn Conti, fucking, you know, uh, Rago, Guy Tabasco, Runny, you know, the, our crew, like that'll never happen in my life again. Like, and I felt a little bit of it with Joe and Ari and Duncan and Josh and all the other comedians. You know, I was friends with Bert and Tom. But these guys were the people who introduced me to that feeling. We, we were buddies. We lived and died for one another. Think about it, guys. I didn't go home to a mom at the end of the day. I didn't go home to a dad at the end of the day, or not even a family member. These were people that uh, I met going to school and playing basketball and, and all of a sudden I was in their homes eating and you know uh, Carlos and Didi fucking their mother giving me a bigger piece of chicken than she gave her own kids and it, it was just a beautiful fucking thing that it's what kept me alive guys because I, I don't know what I would have done with my fucking life I don't know if I would have jumped I don't know if I would have OD'd it always gave me a reason to get up like their love always was like you know what Maybe I should give it another day before I decide to put those cement shoes on. You know what I'm saying? So, and I, I never really thought of suicide except maybe one time when I was done. It was it was coke, and when you added coke to the mix to what you're feeling, but it made me realize about 
how we deal with different things as, as, as humans or whatever. Because if Mike or Lee or whatever would have seen me, they would have gone, Joey's fine. Joey's fucking fine. He's crazy and never. He's cracking jokes. He's smoking pot. He's eating edibles. But it's not what Lee and Mike saw in our daily interactions. It's what I felt. You know, even though I was okay on the outside, there was a fucking silent storm going through me. And a lot of you people have gone through that, where you're involved in something, you, you work, something's going on that's just, it eats you alive every day inside. But every day you win. You don't let it get to you. It finally got to me when I was like 25, 24, and I ended up kidnapping that poor bastard. You know, just the whole fucking, the whole fucking mind felt backfired. It becomes a mental health issue, and I understand that now. Now I look at my behavior back then, those couple of years, but that was one of the reasons I couldn't walk into that reunion. And don't get me wrong, I had dear friends that were going to be there, from the Messinas to Avillo to fucking Merlo, you know, Chucky McBreen, Ralph. I had so many friends of mine that were going to go. But what didn't let me go is that I have a dear friend that always says you can't go back. He's a firm believer in that you can't go back. You can't fucking go back. And I'm not talking about going to a reunion. I'm talking about in your mind, putting yourself back there or putting yourself in a predicament. And I don't mind that. I live in the fucking past from time to time because it builds my confidence. I don't know. It just, whenever I'm feeling down, I think about what I went through back then, even though without, listen, today I feel a complete different thing. I got a daughter, I got a wife, you know, yeah, I think about my mom every once in a while. This week I had to send pictures, additional pictures, and I had to scan them through my iPad. And that's completely different than when you look at a picture on the fucking wall. When I scanned them in my pot, I got to see them without the glass and without the whole thing. And, oh, my God, I was, like, taken away. Like, I had forgotten what my mother looked like. Like, you just see, like, these little pictures and shit like that. And you're like, oh, my God, that's, look at my mom, you know. So it was one of those weeks, guys. And uh, I spoke to a lot of people who were going. And But yesterday, Saturday, we had a fucking softball game, right? So... It was a 3 o'clock fucking game. The game ended at 5. And all the moms were like, what the fuck are we doing? You know, what are we going to do? The dads were like, we got a couple of parents had plans. But I was like, you know what? Just get some beers and come into the fucking house. By 7 o'clock last night, I probably had 10 kids over here running from the top to the bottom. Top to the bottom. You didn't see any of my cats for hours. Those motherfuckers were hitting under rocks and the whole thing. And I had like uh, 10 parents in the living room talking. We made cheeseburgers. Uh, she made some flank steak. And we sat there till 10 o'clock at night. And I felt bad. But at the same time, this is my new life. What, what do you want me to do? I can't walk away from these people. But the reunion wouldn't have felt the same anyway. Because even though I had friends there, nobody from that crew in high school was going to go. I mean, one guy flipped a wagon. Roger passed away. Glenn had plans already, and he said it wasn't for him, and I understood. And uh, I said, you know what? If my core is not going to go, it wouldn't feel the same to me. I would, And I started missing my friend Darren Rago, too. I was like, God damn. It has been so long since I've, like, coming home has made me miss him. Darren was my buddy that was out of his fucking bird. But 
you know, we were friends since like 1975 and then we grew up together and I disappeared when I came back in 93. He became my fucking unofficial comedy driver. He would work at the airport and do all this thing and it doesn't matter, but I just missed him. I just, for the first time in a long time, I fucking missed him. And now I'm going into the home stretch because I don't know if you guys remember, my mom died November 8th, so... Now, next weekend is when that whole process of a debt started. I went to a party, a Halloween party. I don't even know what I dressed up that year. I do know what I dressed up that year, and I won't say it because uh, I'll be accused of different things. But in 1979, we were just stupid fucking kids, and nobody was making a big deal about anything. In fact, I lost my sheet somewhere on Kennedy Boulevard that night, so it didn't fucking matter. And I went to this party. And it was a fucking tremendous party in an attic. It was an attic. And this party was by invite only. No young kids were going to, but there was not supposed to be any sophomores there or anything. But one of the guys invited us. His brother was going. He goes, you come with me. And to get upstairs to the party, you got to go through a ladder and then climb up (laughs) out of a fucking hole and land. So it's a big attic. And in the middle of this fucking attic was a hole where you would go down the stairs. I can't tell you how many people fell down that fucking hole that night while we were doing And it was, it was 79. It was great fucking acid. <clears throat> we were talking about one of the parents. The other day we were talking about those mushrooms. I gave him a few mushroom gummies, and we were giggling. They were like, you know, it's always fun to go out on these. I go, you know what the best thing about any hallucinogenic is? Like, especially acid. Like, when you're fucking burning on acid, me, Mike, and Lee take a hit of acid and we go to a bar or a party, whatever, a barbecue. <clears throat> and sometime when we're there, we get we get broken up into different groups, okay? And this is phenomenal because we're tripping on acid and we're not saying much. People are telling us shit and we're watching them. Like We're like, yeah, yeah, little do they know, your hair's on fire to me, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm talking to you, but your eyeballs are flipping, your hair's on fire, and guys, not now, not the acid we did in the church and stuff. When I was growing up, that's the type of acid I would get, that I would be talking to you and your eyes would be red and shit, and I'm like, oh, I can't do this no more. And you always get caught in an ear beating. But you know what makes it the best when you're tripping with your friends? That I'm talking to this guy, yeah, ga 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 ga, and all of a sudden I'll look over to see where Mike and Lee is, and the universe makes us all look at the, each other at the same time. And guys, it's the fucking universe. You just go, and all of a sudden Mike will look at me, and Lee will look at me, and we'll all look at each other and go, and then we'll go right back to what we're doing like nothing happened, and we'll keep doing that every 30 minutes. You know, and it was one of those nights where, you know, you have a fucking, I didn't really have a uh, a curfew, but I, I had to be home. I had rules. There was rules. I had a call. And I'll never forget that they had a clock, one of those bar clocks on the wall. And every time I looked at it with the acid, an hour would pass. And it felt like 10 minutes. Like, you, boom, boom, fuck, 11, boom, midnight. What the fuck? So I'm supposed to meet this girl. It was fucking crazy. This is acid time. This ain't fucking uh, Armenian time. This ain't nothing. You know how people say they run on black time or Brazilian time. They're 15 minutes late. This was acid time where that clock does not fucking stop. So this girl, I was supposed to meet this girl for the first time. We were supposed to hook up on the sly. 
I knew her from high school and her girlfriend came to me and said she wanted to hook up with me and that her girlfriend wanted to hook up with my buddy. So we had a plan to meet him like at fucking midnight. But this blonde shows up at like 11.30, great friend of mine, best friends of the girl I'm supposed to meet. And she goes, listen, the girl I was supposed to meet is Hammond. She's at a different party on 74th Street and she sent me here to tell you to walk over there. And I'm like, what? I'm not fucking going over there. I'm stoned to the gills here. I'm fucking seeing angels and shit. So she goes, no, 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 come on. It's four blocks away. Come on, come on, come on. It's four blocks away. And I'm like, fuck. I got my fucking costume half ripped. I'm tripping my ass off. I'll never forget that when I got to the bottom of the ladder, there was a guy with a, his head in a bucket, like a spackle bucket. He was just fucking puking. I looked at him for a little while. It was fucking horrible. I walked out to Kennedy Boulevard, and I'm walking down Kennedy Boulevard with this girl who's my age, but she's dating a fucking monster of a senior, or he's out. He's in college. This guy was a fucking monster. And as me and her are walking, her boyfriend pulls up, and he goes, hey, what the fuck is going on? Why are you with Coco? And I'm like, it ain't that type of party. I was shitting pickles, you know? He gets out of the car. I'm fucking petrified. I'm just walking to a party with this girl. He gets out of the car. He's like, what the fuck? So now he's like, get in the fucking car. I go, dog, nothing was happening. He goes, whatever. I'll deal with you on fucking Monday, cocksucker. And he's yelling at the girl. And he pushes her. And, I, you know, I jump in between him. I go, dog, what the fuck? We're just friends. We're going to meet this broad. She just came to fucking get me. You're pushing her over this? And he's like, well, I'll deal with you in fucking two days, motherfucker. And I'm like, fuck, now I'm going to get beat up by this fucking savage. So I walk back upstairs to the party. It's fucking two in the morning. I'm like, what the fuck? And the party's still packed. So I'm like, I got to call my mother, right? So I run yeah. downstairs. There's a payphone next to this bar, Regs, which is right 50 feet from the party. I put my fucking quarter in there. I call my mom. She's fucking half asleep. She's like, where are you? I go, mom, the bus stopped running. You know, I got here a little too fucking, uh, I was high. I couldn't tell her that. I go, I'm a little I'm a little tired, you know, whatever. She's like, listen, I don't care what time you get home. What time? Just give me a fucking time. And I'm like, three o'clock. And she goes, I'll see you at three. Okay, so now the acid's still kicking. People's faces are melting. The whole fucking deal. And I look back, it's four in the fucking morning. Now I'm like, I tell my buddies who I was there, I go, guys, I got to go home. This is 70th Street. We lived on 38th Street. One of the guys I was there with lived on 44th Street or something. I'm like, we're going to have to walk home, guys. We're fucking tripping. We're drunk. We go back downstairs. The dude's still puking in a fucking bucket. And all of a sudden, one of the kid's brothers was like, I'm going downtown. I'll take you down there. So he gets in the fucking car. We go fucking down there. And he drops you off in my mother's house. But the fucking birds are chirping. It's like 5 o'clock, quarter to 5, maybe 5.30. I have no fucking idea. It's light out. And I'm like, wow, this is my first all-nighter. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow, all right. We're on to something here. Oh, shit. And I fucking hit the key, and the fucking door opened. And she just unleashed on me. Just unleashed on me. Fuck yous, you fucking piece of shit. You didn't call. And I'm like, what the fuck? Ma, at two, I woke you up. I didn't want to wake you back up. She's like, don't use that fucking excuse. You gave me your word you were going to call at three o'clock. And I'm like, holy shit, she's fucking serious. So I go, you know what, Ma? I'm not going to talk to you about this. 
it was a misunderstanding all around. I'm sorry, I'm going upstairs. And she's like, no, no, we're going to talk about this. And I just put my hand up and she fucking smacked me in the face, dog. The hardest smack she ever fucking laid on me. It twisted my fucking head because my mom knew I was getting to that age that if I ever snapped on her, I, she had to shut it down. Like, my mother didn't come from the school of timeout or, you know, there's a timeout. Oh, my God, it's time for therapy. My mom was like, you did what? You fucking high-handed me. I'll bust your fucking head. And I'm nipping this shit in the bud right now. This is after I had done the 18-day stretch in the hospital. Her fucking tension, she had already had it. She was she was in the hospital after that. She lost a bar. The Yankees weren't fucking, the Mets weren't winning. You know, her world was at the end of a fucking rope, which it was. I didn't have no idea. So it was like, that Saturday was like the 30th. It was like the 30th. Halloween was going to be like a Sunday or a Monday, like this year, you know. After she smacked me, I go, I'm just going fucking upstairs. I don't need this shit. And I went upstairs and just locked the door and, you know, I was upset. I didn't understand what she was all upset about. But the next morning, I opened my eyes and she was standing right over me, serious as a motherfucker. And she's like, listen, get up. And she goes, I smelled the alcohol on your breath last night. She goes, you were drinking? And I said something to her, yeah. And she goes, I could tell you hung over. Now you know how I feel in the morning. You know, like she was like a little sense of humor, you know. But then she goes, listen, about last night, here it is, plain and simple. You told me you were going to call me at three. You did not call me at three. The reason why I was so mad was because one day you're going to have a wife and a daughter and a son and a bunch of other shit. And when it comes to women, you have to answer to them, no matter what the fuck you want to do. That's what being a man is. And I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? I got a dick. I got hair on my dick. I am a fucking man, but that's not what she was saying. She wasn't talking about. She was already prepping me. She was outside the box. She's like, here's the deal. You got to call your wife and you got to call your mom. And you got to, whatever time you tell them you're going to call, call. If you're not going to be home, call me again at three and we're cool. I wouldn't have said that fucking word to you. You would have called at three and told me you're coming home at five. Not a fucking peep. And I'll never, ever, ever tell Guys, it was the weirdest thing. You know when you see something like you're walking down the street and you see a guy run into a car and you go, hmm, that's weird, but I'm listening to fucking Nirvana on the earphones. You know what I'm saying? I really don't give a fuck what's going on. And then you get home and, uh, you know, two days later, that was a robbery and somebody got shot or something. And you actually, you know, you're not a witness. You didn't see the guy's face. But you saw his energy. You saw how he was running. And you saw how he got in the car. And you'll never forget that. Maybe you'll pick up the phone and go, was a red Cadillac or whatever the fuck it is. But there's certain things that you see in your life that you'll never forget. Like, you just never forget. You go, that was fucking weird. Like, I don't know. I had a lot. Like, when Don Henley picked me up hitchhiking. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are the chances? What are the chances of fucking John Denver picking you up hitchhiking on 4th of July to go up snowmass? You know, you look at those things and you go, I'll never forget that the rest of my fucking life, you know? But she just looked at me a certain way. She goes, listen, I just, she goes, plain and simple, I just want you to grow up and be a man. And I'll never forget that she had tears in her eyes. And she turned around, you know, she went downstairs, she goes, breakfast is ready, whatever the fuck. 
But I'll never forget how upset she was that night and how upset she was when she told me that she wanted me to grow up to be a man. And it was a simple statement. Like, I just want you to grow up to be a man. Not to have a fancy car, not to have any of this shit, but just to understand what goes with the territory of slinging dick and doing whatever the fuck you want. You still got to answer, you know? And I, It didn't make sense to me until I found her on the floor a week later. Because that was probably the 31st of October, and she died on November 7th, but it was after midnight, so they claimed it the 8th. So you just, when I found her on the floor and I called the ambulance, that's when that speech rang in my head, and it rings in my head constantly, you know, and uh, it's not like some guy yelling in your head, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is something that when something happens, whether... You know, you do. I, I still remember, you know, getting to an airport at five in the morning, going, "What the fuck? What the fuck? What, what am I doing with my life?" It's four forty-five in the fucking morning, and I'm at a fucking airport to go to some town, and I'm, and I would go, but I made a commitment. You know, there's been a plenty of times when I'm at an airport and I'm like, I'm not standing on that fucking line. You know, especially when you fly southwest, and in L.A., it would be outside the fucking door. And I'm like, I'm not fucking uh, flying on that fucking plane, you know. But that's all what it comes with the territory of being a man. is saying that you're going to do something and sticking to the fucking sentence, you know. And uh, I'll never forget that. And now we're going into that area, you know. And it's 43 years and I've spoken to my therapist about it. Speaking about therapist. And now for a word for my motherfucking sponsor. All right, you bad motherfuckers. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes you can fix that on a problem so long that you t don't take the time to find the right solution. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. Sometimes a therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals like they did for me. I love BetterHelp. I love Dana, and I love their therapy and how they worked on me. For you guys that don't know, BetterHelp is an online therapy that offers video phone and chat therapy sessions you can choose and not to see anyone on camera but it's more affordable than in-person therapy okay prices are high out there you won't get a therapist at least with better help you'll have a therapist in 48 hours when you want to be a better problem solver and you want your life to run smooth therapy can get you there visit betterhelp.com slash diaz again Betterhelp.com slash Diaz And I'm going to get you 10% off Of your first month That's betterhelp.com slash Diaz And now back To the joint Jack Alright now since we're back from Betterhelp In fact tomorrow's my last Therapy session with Betterhelp After a year and a half we've worked it We've talked it over and uh, that's it Went to the end and it was great And I really enjoyed it And if I could recommend Dana to anybody I would do it all over again. It's been a fucking great journey with those people. I never had a therapist before. Granted, it wasn't a lady on a couch with a fucking watch, and you got to go in there. Nobody's doing that no more because of COVID. You got to pay fucking four hundred an hour. <clears throat> and uh, BetterHelp did do the fucking job for me. Uh, you look at my fucking look at the joint two years ago, and look at the joint now. Beside the fucking bandaid, I'm doing a lot goddamn better. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had a bandaid in my soul before. Now I got a bandaid in my fucking face. So, but uh, yeah, that was a great time for me. 
not a great time for me, but it was a great learning experience. And it's so weird how by talking to a therapist, I spoke about this every once in a while, my mother and because, and the other reason why I want to talk to the therapist about my mother is because, and I don't mind this guys. I do not mind this at all. In fact, it's, it's the most flattering thing you could do for me. If you really want to hit home with me, I, I love when people reach out and go, Joey, I, I'm going to bind my mother's in the ICU or something and I need a prayer or whatever. Or Joey, my mother died last night or my grandmother died. I get five of those a month and I write you the best note I think I can. But I also lie to you a little bit and I tell you that just live to the dream that they wanted for you and not the pain, but that that fucking that fucking side, that thorn in your side goes away in time. Anybody who's lost a parent knows that, uh, you know, it, it just, it, it's, it's mind-boggling. It's fucking mind-boggling. I don't know how people survive it, and I don't know how the fuck I survived it. On honest engine. When people tell me now that they lost their parents or somebody passed away, like their mom or grandma, and they were tight with them, it rips me the fuck apart. But I enjoy talking to them for just, you know, five fucking minutes. I know exactly what to say for five minutes because I was there. I was there. And I remember the people who came into that wake and spoke to me and how they spoke to me. Some people were fucking jerk offs. But I had such fucking great people that came in and said, this is what you're going to, this is what you're going to go through. This is what's going to happen. This is what you're going to feel. If you ever feel this, contact us. But anyway, that was a long fucking time ago. I just want to let you guys know that the time is inevitable for all of us. And time will lose a parent. And you'll think about your Uncle Joey and go, fuck. This was, think of the magnitude and how it hit me at 16. Not only that, it's not like getting a call that your mom got hit by a truck while she was walking on fucking a boulevard. I found her. I found her. I saw the purple arm. I saw the purple around her shoulder, and uh, that'll stay with me for fucking ever. And I, I, again, it was the drugs, you know. Let's face it, nobody just does a pound of coke a week because they like it. You had to shut down the pain somewhere. And the acid, all those years on the acid, which are now coming back to fruition. You could tell I'm fucking getting retarded by the day. But all that shit, it, it made me pass that pain and I, there was no therapy back then, guys. It wasn't like, you know, you called somebody on your fucking internet screen. You know, it, it was. I didn't even know. I didn't even know what therapy was. You know, nobody ever said, you know, people said, if you want to talk, what is there to talk about? She's gone. I can't bring her fucking back. So it was a tough thing. It's going to be 42 fucking years next week. 43 fucking years. And uh, it's something. But if I have to credit being here, it's the guys like Rago. It's the guys like Glenn and Fernie and Roger. And there's a lot of other people. But those acknowledgments, when I wrote those acknowledgments, like it made me call like five kids and go, hey, I need a picture of your family. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because I have to put them in the book. I have to honor them for what they did for me at that time. I never knew the magnitude of it until I was writing that their thanks to all these different fucking families. So... It's, uh, it's been a great fucking journey. And I think the writing the book was fucking therapeutic as fuck. So 
it's been a fucking great journey, guys. And uh, sometimes I think for me, the, the therapy was good, the face-to-face therapy, but matching my personality, the writing it out. For some people, you know, they don't want to talk about this shit. Writing it out and what you were really feeling at the time really fucking helps. I, I can't tell you how much it does. So I don't know what the fuck we're talking about on Monday. I'm supposed to bring a little joy to you motherfuckers. We got a great week coming up. I got to talk to you about a new movie I got. Let's break it down, motherfuckers. Tuesday morning, I get up at 5 in the morning. I'm coughing. I'm drooling. I'm shitting myself. And I'm not having the best morning in the fucking world. I drink some coffee. I get dressed. You know, I jump in the shower. I come downstairs. It's got to be maybe 1030. It was one of those mornings where I got up at 5 and then fell back to sleep about 7. You're going to love this shit. So I'm not in that fucking office two minutes and my phone's ringing. I didn't even know who called yet. As I fucking made the loop, the phone starts ringing. It's my agent. And he goes, Joey. You know, the, the girl answered, Joey, hi, you have a call. Okay. And then she's like, hi, how you doing? The agent says, listen, you didn't get the part in the De Niro movie, but, you know, they might come back at you with something later on the week or whatever. They just want to keep an open door. They want to contact you and thank you. And I said, that's great. And, and guys, listen, there was no, uh, there was two seconds of sadness. You know, I, I know the game. So... I didn't hang up the phone with my, my agent goes, they're going to call you in like five or 10 minutes. They wanted me to call you first to let you know they were calling. They're going to call from a New York number. Just be ready. I don't put the fucking phone down and the phone rings, but it's not a New York number. It's my friend, Nick Valanga. We've had him on the podcast and he fucking wrote the green book. He wrote an Academy Award for the green book. And I'm like, what's up, Nick? How you doing? Because I called Nick a few weeks ago for a different friend of mine that's got a script and he wants Nick to help him with it. Nick said he would help him with it. So he wanted me to just get past it along to him. So he calls back. I tell him what I want. And he goes, well, the reason why I'm calling you is not because of that. I want to know if you're available in November to do a movie. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm available. I have nothing going on. He goes, do you have any stand-up dates that'll fucking uh, fuck this up? And I go, I got November 3rd, which is a Wednesday night. And he goes, that's no problem. We're going to start shooting on the third. And you know, I don't think your first day is to like the fifth or something. I go, perfect. And I got the night before Thanksgiving. And he goes, well, that's no problem either because we're taking that week off for the holiday. I go, perfect. Let's do it. He goes, all right, I'll call you by the end of the day. Now, guys, when somebody says they'll call you by the end of the day, that means they got to go talk to somebody. And they got to talk to two or three people, the producers, the executive producers the people who are putting the money down, and they got to tell them this is what their thoughts. And in that process, if me, Mike, and Lee are producing this movie, Lee's got somebody, but Mike has somebody. Mike has an in with an agent that said they get a better person than me, whatever, which is, guys, it's fine. I didn't hear from him Tuesday. He told me he called by the end of the day Tuesday. So when he didn't call, I scrapped it, guys. I didn't hear from Law and Order. I was 0-4, okay? Wednesday, I did a bunch of shit. We did a podcast. I called Esther to come do the podcast because I found out Monday Esther had released her product. She sent me a picture. And I'm like, Esther, how are you going to release it without doing a podcast? Or let's get in the ball store. Let me help you out with this. So I called Esther. Okay. And a lot of you looked at me when she came on and go, what is Joey thinking about having Esther? Guys, she has a great product. She's smart. And I just wanted to help her 
get it out there. And some of you enjoyed it. You know, I couldn't say much. I didn't want to fucking be an asshole and start talking about pussy shots and all that stuff. So I tried to keep it as professional as I could. And I enjoyed myself. I had a great day with them. Uh, Thursday, you know, I haven't been feeling well, blah, blah, blah. So Friday, I'm doing something. I'm running errands. I got to go get something at ShopRite. I got to stop at CVS. And when I get in the car in front of the house, I'm not even at the fucking corner. And my, pe- my text goes off. And it's my agent, one of my agents from LA. And he goes, listen, get by the phone. We're about to call you with an offer. I'm like, offer? I go, well, maybe the De Niro movie has a little role for me. Fuck it. I'm not doing anything. So I kept driving. And I pull into a parking lot by El Nido. And fucking, uh, they call. And it's like, this is Mike. This is Jay. This is Steve. We're all on the same call. You know what I'm saying? And the one guy goes, all right, who's going to tell him? And, and he comes on. And he goes, hey, Mike here. Uh, great, great guys, you know. Mike here, I just want to tell you, we received an offer for you for the movie, uh, you know, That's Amore. I think he's a friend of yours, Nick Falalanga. And he goes, it shoots in Jersey. It starts November, whatever. Um, let me tell you who the cast is, if you're interested. I go, I'm definitely interested. Nick's a great guy. You know, the guy wrote an Academy Award. Why wouldn't I want to work with the fucking guy, right? So I go, yeah. And he goes, let me tell you who's in the movie. He's like, John Travolta. You're playing John Travolta's friend. He goes, you and Andrew Dice Clay and fucking Catherine Heigelberg and fucking Chev- uh, whatever her fucking name is, uh, Dan Aykroyd. Are you fucking kidding me? Christopher Walken. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, Chaz Palminteri, Drea Mateo, Talia Shire, D.B. Sweeney. I mean, there's a bunch of fucking people in this movie. I'm like, fuck, yeah. Fuck yeah. Shoots in November, northern New Jersey, in my old territory. Fucking Hoboken. What? I'm in, motherfuckers. So I hit Nick up. Nick, thank you very much for the opportunity. I love you, cocksucker. And he goes, let me send you a script, blah, 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 blah. So next week, well, this week is going to be a rough week. Tuesday, I'm doing this fucking uh, physical. And then Wednesday, I might have to go with a wardrobe, whatever the fuck, to take a COVID test. Who the fuck knows? They're not going to tell me shit till uh, this afternoon, later on this afternoon, or early tomorrow when when I'm fucking recovering from the blood test. That's when I'll get the call. Well, you're working these dates, and these are the hours. And, blah. and I don't really give a fuck, guys. I got nothing going on. I got those two shows I'm excited for and this movie. So it's going to work out fucking perfectly. And I sat there for a minute. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. I just auditioned for four movies and didn't get dick. Right? Nothing. Nobody called. Nobody write. Nobody wanted to talk to Uncle Joey. And... uh This guy just calls me up and offers me a movie. I go, I wish people knew this. I wish people knew that when you're in this business, yes, talent's got a lot to do with a lot of things. I'm not saying I'm talented. I'm a lucky motherfucker, okay? Talent has a lot of things. It has to do with your good karma and what you're putting out. I got to be honest with you guys. When I got that call... And I hung up that phone. You know what the first thing I thought about was? Esther. Esther. 
that I went out of my way, like I do, I try to do this every fucking day. And you could ask Mike, you could ask Lee. I try to do something nice. I try to make your day every day. Even if it costs me money, I'll make your day because I know that's a better chance of me having a good fucking day. That's the first person I thought of was little Esther putting her on the podcast, you know, with no, I don't want any money from her. You know, I'm fucking 60. She's 37. Well, where am I going? I mean, you know, if she's 37, she may be 35 or something, right? I mean, where am I going? I did this from my heart. I did this because I missed her. I hadn't seen her. You know, we text from time to time during the week from from the weed store and stuff. I hadn't seen her. I go, I'd love for you to come to Jersey, do the podcast, hang out. And she was like, I'll be there fucking with bells on. And guys, like I always tell you, the universe will always take care of you. You know, even though people aren't watching, the universe is always watching. Everybody's always, my phone's getting tapped. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's always got, everybody thinks they're fucking important, okay? Nobody's watching, you asshole. Nobody's watching. If you talk to fucking Alexa, yeah, they're going to be listening, but nobody's watching, you asshole. Nobody's got your phone tapped. You know, the CIA doesn't even know who the fuck you are. The FBI don't know who you are. Stop trying to be cool. But remember one thing. The universe is always fucking watching. They got a fucking, you don't even see it when you wake up. Go Next time you shave or brush your teeth, look at the mirror. You got a little stick behind your head with a fucking camera to see where your daily activities are. And they fucking log it. So when you kick a cat, when there's nobody around, or you fucking throw a rock at an old man and shit, the universe is rocking. You know, the universe is watching. When I was a kid and I used to torture Mr. Martini, why do you think I always had fucking bruised knees and fucked up elbows and stitches all over the fucking place? Because I was torturing an old man, throwing rocks at him and fucking, you know, pebbles and invading his fucking privacy. You know, he, the universe is always watching, guys. And when you do good things unprovoked, like just something from your heart. You know, Rudy Sarzo has taught me so much in this life. <clears throat> in all our podcasts, I always took something from Rudy because he's such a fucking brilliant dude. You know, he's 70 fucking three, 72, 70. He tours with these kids just to give them love. And he says it. It's, it's a labor of love. And for years, he spoke about a labor of love, like a labor of love. I'm like, what's this fucking long-haired Cuban dude talking about? And one day, it finally hit. You know, when you see people like Joe Rogan, and you say to yourself, well, he's a dick, he's that. Let me tell you something. He, he had a plan all along. If Joe makes $100, he gives you 50 He gives you 50 He wants you to eat. He wants you to dress well. He wants you to smell well. Joe always opened up the door for you. And he, he's opened up the door so many fucking comics. He's the fucking Johnny Carson of his generation, and I was one of those comics. So when he gets $100 million, you want me to tell you why he gets $100 million? Not because he's the smartest guy in the world, not because he's the funniest guy in the world, because he puts good shit out there. Not to you motherfuckers. Joe, you're never going to see Joe with a picture of him with a check. I donated $100,000 to the Blind Association. We don't do that in our <laughs> church. We don't do that in our church. I'd rather help somebody out here in front of me, somebody who fucking struggles with me every fucking day than worry to tell you guys, I'm worried about the ozone layer. No, you're not. You're just saying that shit because you want to have friends. That's how you make friends, by doing little things. It's not even about guys. It's not even about money. <clears throat> you ever been treated with money? Has anybody ever treated you with money where all they have to offer you is money? 
They don't want to be your friend. They don't want to talk to you about nothing. They don't want to fucking go to a movie. It's all about money with you. That's how they take care of it. You know, I was reading something the other day about a girl who's going against her father because he never paid a child support or whatever. You know, who the fuck knows? If you do something from the kindness of your heart, it goes a fucking long way, man. And that's my Monday fucking message for you motherfuckers on the joint, Jack. We got a great football game tonight. If you want to contact DraftKings, do what you want to do. I had a great weekend with them. I didn't do, uh, I didn't watch the UFC. The Yankees, you can't even watch them. They can't even hit the ball. I think, uh, you know, they got to stand in front of the, they're trying to get hit by the pitch. now. I told my wife, yeah, they, they just put their leg out and try to get hit by the pitch now to get on base. That was a, uh, that was a very disappointing fucking show. And, and that's it. And that's that, motherfuckers. I don't know what my schedule is this week, but we will try to give you another podcast, Tip Top Magoo. And when I realize what the schedule is, I'll let you motherfuckers know so you know what to expect from Uncle Joey. Stay black. Have a great week. And now for a word from my motherfucking sponsor, Jack. All right, I want to thank you guys and a beautiful Monday morning for listening to my bullshit today. But before you go, the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, you got stuff going on in your world. You got stuff going on in your life. And you want to find a solution. That's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and chat therapy sessions. You can choose or to not see anyone or to see somebody. And it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. I've been with them for about a year. And listen, when I got here to BetterHelp, I was a fucking mess. And now I'm tip-top Magoo slinging dick with three hands. Who's better than you? Nobody. Better help. You want to be a better problem solver? Therapy can get you there, okay? Visit betterhelp.com slash Diaz, D-I-A-Z, to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Diaz for 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Diaz. The joint is also brought to you by stamps.com. Listen, the post office is going to be, there's going to be more fucking people in the post office next month than in the immigration center in Mexico. They're going to be everywhere. And Stamps.com has everything you need to make your life easier. It's a virtual 24-7 post office. No lines, no traffic, no hassle. How easy is Stamps.com? Me and my wife have been with Stamps.com for about 10 years now. Tremendous. Stamps.com gives you access to post office and UPS shipping services right from your computer. Save up to 30% off USPS rates and 80%, 86% off UPS. And all you need is a regular computer and a printer. And you'll be tip-top magoo. No special supplies or equipment. Be up and running in minutes and get ready for the chaos. You can print official postage for any letter, package, anywhere. Get ahead of the holiday chaos this year. Get started with stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code Joey for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitment to contracts. Just go to stamps.com. Click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code Joey. It's that simple. The joint is also brought to you by CBD Lion. Listen, when it comes to CBD, CBD Lion is the best. How do I know? Because it's been in my world for about four or five years. I don't switch governments, cocksuckers. Go to CBD Lion right now and look at the third-party lab results. Read. Read about CBD, CBO, CBN. 
and get your world back in balance. On the way out, pressing code Joey Joint or Church and get 20% off your first order. I want to thank CBD Lion, BetterHelp.com, and Stamps.com. But most importantly, you fucking savages for supporting the joint. Stay black, have a good day, and I'll see you Thursday. Love you.